0: Good evening. How are you all tonight? Nice to see you. Glad you're here. Welcome, everybody, on live stream, podcast. Glad that you could join us tonight. Praise the Lord. So, how about if we just, whether we're here, live stream, podcast, let's just go before the Lord. Let's praise Him. We praise you, Lord, and we magnify you, Lord God. You alone are the living one, the glorious king, the everlasting God. Oh, I bless you, Father, that you are all things to us. You are our everything and our all in all. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, you've made us to be one with you. I thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, your grace. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us all things that pertains to our life and to godliness that you've blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Thank you, Lord, that you make all things possible, that you have given us through your word faith that we can attach to your grace and your grace that moves on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for all that you are, for all that you do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your life, for your love, for your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. You are the majestic King, the mighty one, the glorious conqueror and overcomer. You've defeated all of our foes. Thank you, Lord God. You have unbound us, untied us, and disconnected us from all the works of the devil. You've given us authority on this earth, dominion to walk upon this earth. I THANK YOU, LORD, THANK YOU, LORD, THANK YOU, LORD, THAT YOU'VE MADE US TO BE KINGS AND PRIESTS IN YOUR KINGDOM. WE BLESS YOU, LORD, WE BLESS YOU, LORD, WE BLESS YOU, LORD. Lord. FATHER, I JUST THANK YOU THAT AS WE COME BEFORE YOU TO HEAR YOUR WORD TONIGHT THAT YOUR HOLY SPIRIT WILL TEACH US AND IMPART REVELATION INTO OUR HEARTS. FATHER, I THANK YOU THAT THE THINGS THAT WE'VE HEARD BEFORE WILL TAKE ROOT, IT'LL DROP INTO OUR SPIRIT SO THAT IT'LL GO BEYOND THE REALM OF MEMORIZATION. Go into the realm of meditation and it shall bear fruit within us. And Father, I thank you that out from us will come that life-giving word and force. We thank you, Lord, that we continue to grow in your nature, grow in your character, conforming to the image of Jesus, and more and more walking in a manner that is worthy of you. We bless you, we praise you, we glorify you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's start this evening over in Romans chapter 4. I want to read it from the King James Version, Romans 4 and verse 17, talking about Abraham here. And uh, you know you know the verse, We've, we went through the whole deal with Abraham from the time the Lord first spoke to him to the time that Isaac was born. So Romans four seventeen, he says, As it is written, I have made thee who, that was Abraham, a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God calls those things that be not as though they were. Now, as we have looked at over the last several weeks is that he declares the ending from the very beginning. So what is he doing at the beginning? Calling those things that be not. He's declaring the ending. He's calling it from the very beginning. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. He told Abraham, look at the dust of the, of, the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the land. Look at the stars in the sky. Isn't that right? He said, so shall your seed be. Well, was his seed then? What's he doing? Calling those things that be not. Then he changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. So then Abraham starts saying, my name is the father of many nations. I am the father of many nations. Did he have seed? No. So what's Abraham doing now? Calling those things that be not as though they were. Now he's getting in cooperation with God. Now he's starting to say the same thing that God says. Isn't that right? Amen. And, you know, we, just like Abraham, just like God, can prophesy to our own life. Amen. You know, according to the Word of God that is living in our spirit, we can declare those things that be not as though they were and prophesy to our own life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Calling those things that be not as though they were and, you know what, they will be why because that's the way god operates and that's the way we operate the only qualification is to be in faith hallelujah hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 in the king james version hebrews 10 23 hallelujah thank you lord jesus he says let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he who is faithful For he is faithful that promised. So let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? For he is faithful that promised. Who is the faithful one? The one that promised. And who's the one that promised? God has promised. And God is faithful to his promises. Amen. So he says, let us hold fast the profession or the confession of our faith, which in the Greek it means say the same thing. Say the same thing that God said. Say the same thing that God said. Say the same thing that God said. You don't have to add your own words to it. You don't have to add your ideas to it. Just say the same thing that God said. Amen. He watches over his word to perform it. When you say what God said, he'll watch over his word to perform it. Glory to God. Say the same thing that God says. Now, could Abram understand the fact That if I look at the sand of the seashore, could I understand that my seed is going to be like the sand of the seashore? I mean, we're getting old here. Could he understand that? Could he understand that when he looked at the sky and looked at all the stars that, yeah, that's what my seed's going to be? Could he understand that? No, but every time he looked at the sand and every time he looked at the stars, he thought, he thought. He thought about what the promise was. So therefore, he's renewing his mind because he continues to look. He continues to see according to what God had said. So every time he's looking, every time he's seeing, he's renewing his mind. He couldn't understand it, but he's renewing his mind. Because he can't help but look at the sand of the seashore and think, well, God said. Can't help but look at the stars every night in the sky and think, well, God said. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Even though he couldn't understand it, he always brought to his remembrance what God said. Abram said what God said. Then he got a new name of Abraham. So every time he'd see the uh, sand, every time he'd look at the stars, and every time he starts calling himself Abraham, he's calling things that be not. Abraham called himself what God called him. Abraham called himself what God called him. The Word of God says you're healed. Well, do you call yourself that? Do you call yourself what God calls you? God says you're the wealthy. Do you call yourself what God calls you? Or you're cheap. Or I just can't afford that. Well, that's not what God said about you. You understand? I don't mean that in a rude way. I'm just trying to get you to understand. You either say what God says or you're not. You're either with God or you're contrary to God. Are we saying what God said? Well, I don't understand. You didn't understand the seashore. He didn't understand the stars. But are you saying what God said? Amen. Glory to God. So he says, let us hold fast. The word hold fast, it means retain it, seize it. You take possession of it. God's made a promise. Now you must take possession of it. Not just know it, just hear it, but take possession of it to where it becomes you. Amen. So you start calling yourself what God calls you. And even though you look like you're sick as a dog, you call yourself what God said. I am the healed. I am the rich. I am the well. I am the righteous. Either you've been delivered from hell or you haven't been. Your finance has been delivered from hell. Your health has been delivered from hell. Your life was delivered from hell. You've been unbound, untied, and disconnected from all the works of the devil. So what say you? What do you say? And it needs to get over into your action, not just yakety-yak-yak yak stuff. It needs to work out into your life. There's a lot of is out there. And that's what the Bible says, I'm a hearer, but I'm not a doer. And therefore, you deceive your own self into thinking you know what the word said. You don't know it until it's manifested in your life. Amen. Amen. And you know what happens between I say it and it manifests in my life? The rubber meets the road. And that's where you got to fight the fight. And that's where you need to hold fast. Now, some people don't like the fight. Well, then you don't like the victory. So many people want victory without a battle. I want to be an overcomer without having something to overcome. Well, Jesus made me an overcomer. Then act like it. Stop letting the devil beat the nonsense out of you. Are you with me? Amen. Glory to God. Hold fast. Take take, Take possession of it. Continue in it occupy it be devoted to it oh devoted to it mm-hmm. devoted to the promise not just yeah i know what the promise says devoted to the promise you know what i know my wife i know that's my wife but bless god i better be devoted to her yes, you <laughs> <better>. <laughs> and so the other way around <laughs> <laughs> you are the smartest knife in the drawer So being devoted to that, you know, to where you wouldn't say something other, no matter what the circumstances wants to talk in your ear, wants to yell at you, no matter what the pain is that wants to come on your body, no matter how much the lack looks like in your checkbook, will you say what the word of God says? Will you say what God says? Amen. And how long do you say it? How long do you hold fast to it? Without wavering, without wavering. Without wavering means without bending to either side. Don't bend. Don't be blown about by the winds of doctrine. Don't bend to the right or bend to the left. It means be stable, be unchanging, and cling tightly. That's what the, the Passion Translation In fact, let's look at that in the Passion Translation of Hebrews 10.23. He says, so now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Yeah. God always keeps his promise. Wrap your heart tightly. Cling to that thing. Cling to that. Don't let go of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you ever seen that commercial about the guy that uh, he's supposed to be a uh, nutritionist? And uh, he goes, oh, and I get so busy and it gets to the end of the day. and, And I haven't had my fruits and vegetables. Well, don't be like that. I get to the end of the day. I haven't even said anything about the word today. I haven't declared the promise that I'm supposed to be holding to. Why? Because we're not devoted to it. We let other things get in the way. You got to be devoted. You want change in your life? You got to get devoted to something other than the thing that's messed up your life. The only reason life got messed up is because you're devoted to the wrong things. Time to get devoted to something different amen james chapter one you can go back to new american standard james chapter one verses six through eight hallelujah he says but he must ask in faith without any doubting for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind being for that man ought not to expect that he'll receive anything from the lord being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Now go back to, yeah, or sick. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. How many times people say, I prayed about it, but I don't know. I don't know. I I really hope this happens. You didn't pray. That's an empty hope based on the world system. That's an empty hope. Well, you know, I heard from God and God said, but I don't know for sure. You don't know. You're wavering and you're doubting. And don't expect that you'll receive from the Lord in that condition. How many times have you heard people say, Well, we prayed for the, but then you know, this happened and what we prayed didn't happen? I guess it wasn't God's will. Nonsense. That's nonsense. That is so unscriptural. There's nothing in the Bible that says that. Your religion might say that. Your doctrine might say that. It might even be your truth. But it's not the truth of the word of God. And the truth of the word of God will always trump your truth. He must ask in faith. Well, we know that in this context he's talking about wisdom. But he's talking about actually asking anything. Whatever you ask, we ought to ask at faith. Always, but... Asking for anything, believing for anything, receiving anything, we must ask in faith. To be wavering is to be blown about by what you see, what you hear, and what you feel. Mm -hmm. Well, the Word of God says, I'm healed, but dear gun, you know, this hurts. I guess that isn't true. Oh, it's true. You're just not living in the truth. And that uh, hurt is a fact. But it can't stand up to the truth of the Word. You can change that fact by the truth of the Word of God. Why hope someday God will. He did 2,000 years ago when He was on that cross and He shed His blood and He went into hell and paid the price for your sin. He did it all back then. It's time for us to rise up and take hold of what He has already provided. And stop letting hell tell you how you feel. Stop letting hell tell you how to live. And stop letting hell tell you what you can do. And start rising up and take authority against that. And be the person God's made you to be. Take hold of the truth of his word. And change what hell's trying to bring into your life. Amen. Amen. One day... We believe. God, yeah, God, I believe. Next day, I'm confused. I I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, what is that? Wavering. You know, Abraham, he looked at the sand on the seashore. Next day, he wasn't too sure. That night, he looks at the stars of the sky. Next day, well, I don't know how this is going to happen. Isn't that what happened? God said, here's the stars of the sky. And then before you know it, Abraham goes, well, how's that going to be? Oy they. you know, I could see, you know, God, you know, God's Jewish. Oh, they. you know, he's getting upset. Well, how long did Abraham do that? Until he became unwavering. Until he became fully persuaded and fully assured that what God promised, God was able to perform it. It doesn't happen in life because God can't do it. It doesn't happen in life because you don't believe for it. Abraham got fully persuaded that what God said, God was able to do it. Fully persuaded doesn't mean I fully want it. Everybody wants it. There's not a promise in that Bible that anybody doesn't want. Everybody wants what's in the Bible. It's all laid out there. And it's all about whether you believe it or not. Well, that's just positive thinking. No, it's not. Jesus said, whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So either you're going to have it or you're not based on not what he did or not what he wants, but based on your choice. Life's about choices. God's able to perform it. Now, some people say things like, well, God hasn't spoken to me like he spoke to Abraham. Or some people will say, well, I think God spoke to me, but I'm not sure. Well, why did I say things like that? Lack of understanding. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 through 19. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Now, this was up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. So what they heard on the mountain from the father made the word of prophecy more sure. The Old Testament prophets had predicted Christ coming in power and great glory. The events on the Mount of Transfiguration is what confirmed those prophecies. What the apostles saw and heard on the Mount did not set aside the Old Testament prophecies. Neither did what they saw and heard make the word any more certain, but it simply added confirmation to what was already there. So we should always keep the prophetic word, the Bible, the word of God before us and treasuring it in our hearts. For it will serve as a light in the dark world and you'll do well. He says you do well to pay attention to it. You'll do well to pay attention. to. So what does that mean? If I don't pay attention to it, I ain't going to do well. It's pretty obvious. It's pretty simple. You know, before I got saved. I didn't know anything about God. Obviously, I didn't pay any attention to anything. My life was not well. I thought it was, but it was killing me. But once I ran into him, I found the one that I never knew I was looking for. And once I started doing well, taking hold of his word and living by his word, I started doing well. Amen. Amen but not in a religious way. Like the Word of God says such and such, well, that's what I need to start doing. That's religion. It's getting it in your heart will empower you to do it. You'll do well to pay attention, attend to the Word. The Word of God is more than somebody just prophesying. So many people live by people just prophesying. Well, is that prophecy confirming a word in you? Well, no, they were prophet. No, 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 no. This is not the Old Testament. We're not talking about Elijah and Elijah and the Old Testament prophets. We're talking about New Testament prophets. And when a word of prophecy comes to you, it should confirm what's already in you. It does not change your path or set your path. You don't live by somebody's prophecy. That's how so many people get in trouble. Amen. Amen. Verse 20 and 21. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The Word of God, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, is spoken by God. It is him speaking to us. No, it's him speaking to me personally. And that's how you need to look at the word. It's speaking to me personally. If I was the only one on the first face of the earth, the word would still be to me personally. It is not. Although it is to us, it is to me. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Jesus bore away my sicknesses, my diseases, my calamities, my anxieties. He carried my pain, my sorrow. By his stripes, I am healed. He sent his word to heal me. He's put seed in my hand so that I could sow that seed so that he can then bring an increase to my my harvest of my righteous act of giving to me. Everything in the word has to be personal. People many times want a prophetic word and then let it direct their lives without confirmation of what it is within us, the living word with living faith. This is what people do. Oh, I heard a prophet. I heard a prophecy spoken to me. So let me see if I can find something in the word. Oh, look at that. That lines up with it. No. You're living by a dead word. It's not living in you and it will not produce. Are you out there? What we hear in our spirit or a word coming to us should confirm the word we already know. Amen. Amen. Back when I had my business, I was believing God to sell my business. I wanted to go full-time in ministry. It was time to sell it. I was a desiring of a good thing because Timothy says that whoever desires to be an elder desires a good thing. Well, pastor is an elder, chief elder. Isn't that right? So, therefore, I was desiring a good thing. I wanted to sell the business, get full-time into ministry. And two years I declared the word about selling the business, selling the business, selling the business. And I'd get the Bible out. And I got that's you know, it's declaring, it's it's a good thing. I desire a good thing, because this is what the word of God says, just over and over and over again. And that doesn't mean there wasn't any battles. That doesn't mean I didn't want to pull the, the rope down on the on the on the garage doors and go, I'm done, I've had it. Just give it back to the bank. And the Spirit of God said, I told you to sell it. Okay. I won't pull the doors down. We'll continue to go out. And it was getting hard. It was getting very, very rough. And then one day a man comes in and he says, uh, let me help you sell the business by such and such. And when he said that, there was an anointing on what he said and agreed with the anointing in me based on the word that I was declaring. Sold the business, went into ministry full time. What did I do? From the time I knew I should sell the business, I declared the ending from the beginning, and I would not quit. Would not quit. Would not quit. Would not quit. There's the one thing that the devil cannot stop the word of God from coming to pass. Only you can when you quit. Hallelujah. Just as the events and the word that was heard on the Mount of Transfiguration confirmed the word already had been revealed and known, not known in theology, not known in memorization, although you need theology and you need memorization, but it's got to go beyond that. It's got to make that little 18-inch trip down into your heart. And the word that they heard, was what they heard in living faith because they had an expectation of Messiah coming. The anointed word, the word that stirs up virtue, power on the inside. When you hear that word, it should stir up on the inside of you. That's why Peter said, as long as I'm in this earthly tent, I will not fail to stir you up by way of reminder. If you don't get stirred up by hearing the word, you never knew it to begin with. Because if you already know it, it'll stir it up. And if you already know it, you would never say, I heard that before. Of course, you just got it stuck in your head. And you think it's a catalog of subjects. And it's not. It's life. The just shall live by faith. faith. See, faith isn't a momentary thing that you, well, I'm dealing with the sickness. Or I'm dealing with this financial situation. or I'm dealing with this depression. Or I'm dealing with this marriage. I'm dealing with what, you know. No, it's not a momentary situation. It's life. And this is why people are always ready to quit. Well, how long is this going to take? Are you still breathing? See, people want do one and done. No. It's your life. This is life, living by faith. So if your life is living by faith, then your life is about having the results of faith. If it's faith, it has results. Yeah. Romans 12:6 Romans 12:6 says, "Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith." Now let me ask you something. When Daniel prophesied of the end days, you think he had faith for all that? Huh? How could he? He didn't even know what he was talking about. When Isaiah prophesied, do you think he had faith? No, he didn't even know what he was talking about. The Spirit of God's giving him utterance and he's just speaking it out because that's not what they're talking about here. They're not talking about the prophet. The word prophecy, Spiro Zodiate's complete word study of the New Testament says, a prophecy is something that any believer may proclaim as telling forth God's word. A prophecy is something that any believer may proclaim as telling forth God's word. This, however, does not make him a prophet as a ministry gift. Neither does it make it prophecy as operating in the gifts of the spirit. It can be called simple prophecy. It's not foretelling the future. It's forth telling. It's calling those things that be not as though they were. It is declaring the ending from the beginning, and I prophesy to my own life. Are you with me? So, therefore, if it's prophecy, then it must be in accordance to the proportion of your faith. You cannot prophesy beyond your faith. Fourth, speaking faith, calling what be not. Do you, in a spiritually alive position, need to see the dust? Do you, in a spiritually alive position, need to see the stars? Or do you only need to see the Word of God, the promise made to you? Now, sitting here, that's easy. Oh, yeah, we know the answers. Just check it off. I know that answer. But what about out there? What about out there when you're pushed this way and pushed that way, and you hear this and you hear that, and this is coming down that road and this is coming down the other, and everything's bombarding you on, a, on all sides? Where are you then? Yeah. Then you're saying all kinds of stuff. Are you with me? Now you know that that's what life is about. You know, sitting in here, we can get the answers right. But sitting in here and getting the answers right don't count. It's being out there and getting the answers right. Because that's where you got to deal with all the issues. Are you with me? So do we, we are spiritually alive. So do I need to look at the dust? Do I need to look at the stars? Or do I only need to see the promise of the word? So have you been taught to lean to the word of God without wavering? Have you been taught to lean to others that are speaking and declaring themselves as a prophet, never knowing the truth of the word of God and just needing to hear a word from somebody? But yet there's a lot of people that do that. No idea whether it's the truth or not. (laughs) Well, this is what they said, so I believe it's going to come to pass. Based on what? (laughs) You have nothing to hold to except an empty hope. What about Satan when he was in the wilderness with Jesus? Go ahead, throw yourself down from here, off the pinnacle of the temple, because you know it is written in the Bible, in the Word of God, it's written that he will give his angels charge over you concerning you to bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. So it's written, so go ahead and do it, Jesus. Jump. Well... There's a word spoken. What's the difference between that and somebody speaking a word that doesn't confirm anything in you? When Satan spoke that to Jesus, did it confirm in him? Yeah, that's the father speaking to me. I need to jump. No, it didn't confirm anything in him. The question is not what anybody says. The question is, is the word of God alive in your heart? The more sure word of prophecy. It's that word getting into your heart is what it's all about. Why is it called the word of prophecy? Because the word of God alive in our heart can speak prophetically into our life as we speak forth. And forward speaking the word of God into our life, just as God has promised. It's the spirit of prophecy. Well, you know, in the book of Revelation, it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Well, why is that? Because the spirit of prophecy is him talking about himself. He is the word. He's the word made flesh. So everything in there is just talking about him. And if you're in him, it's talking about you. Glory to God. Amen. Now, this word, now let me just tell you this. This word, the prophetic word and all, is not designed to control somebody else's will. You can be believing God for him to meet your needs, okay? But if somebody don't obey God, is it all done? Is it all over? Well, that didn't work. But we do that if all of a sudden we're not Feeling as good as we think we should. Well, I haven't mended as fast as I think I should. You know how fast you mend? As fast as your faith works. Say long. If somebody don't obey, it should not change our position. We're still believing what the word of God says. Just because somebody don't want to obey, you know. Well, we don't need anybody to obey. You need, some, you need somebody to obey God on everything except for maybe your health. Unless you go see a doctor, then you need him to be listening to the Holy Ghost. Because I don't, I don't trust nobody with a scalpel. I don't know where he was last night. He's going to start cutting? Oh, you know, you want to ask me about my family issues? I'm asking you about your family issues. You're the one with the knife. Jeez. <laughs> where were you last night? What time did you get home, doc? How was your rest last night? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I'll come back tomorrow. You can't leave. You have an appointment. Watch me. You know, Pastor Ned, she, she shared Tuesday. Yesterday, that was yesterday. She shared yesterday morning about having cameras around the church. Um, you know, there's cameras for the church, uh, there are security cameras. We have our own cameras that we've put up since, since we've moved here. We put our own cameras up, okay? And uh, because we believe in defending the property. Because people are influenced by wrong thoughts, right? So, because some people would say, and I, and I knew this from years ago when we used to ha- rent a building down on 41. And when Pastor Nid and Pastor U. Ellen was in the office by themselves, they locked the door. And somebody would come, somebody, some church person, full of faith person, comes to the office and says, well, I can't believe you're locking the door. If you had faith, you wouldn't have to lock the door. No, I locked the door to keep you out. <laughs> People like you don't need to be coming in. <laughs> You know, well, why would you have cameras? I mean, we do believe God for protection, don't we? Yeah. So, why do we have cameras and, and all that? Because people are controlled. Whether they are paid by others to attack, to kill, to do mass shootings, or if somebody's influenced by demonic forces, we believe for protection. Yeah. But you can't control somebody else's will. Somebody could still want to be stupid. And I want to have, you know, I, have, I even have a camera up in the hallway. Because if somebody gets through all the other cameras and they come up in the hallway and it's 2 o'clock in the morning and the camera goes off and says somebody's in your hallway, well, somebody's going to have a gun in their hand and it's going to be me. It's in my nightstand, loaded, cocked, ready to go. So don't come up in the middle of the night. so I can't control somebody else's will and what they want to do okay so I want to have some advance notice if they're going to do something stupid okay but I'm still going to be believing God for protection whether there's nobody here or there's somebody here it just doesn't matter I'm still going to be believing God for protection. However it's going to turn out, however it works out, however it comes to pass, we're still believing God for protection. Our position never changes in or outside of a circumstance, within or outside of somebody else's will. We will always believe the same thing. Amen. Based on the surety of the word of God the living faith that's in our heart, and we have corresponding actions to what we believe. We speak protection whatever situation may arise. Because you know, if I have to grab my weapon, I am believing God for the David shot. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm not doing it on my own. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, just so you know, I don't look forward to that and I don't expect to have to do that. It that right. is not in the forefront of my thinking. But if it comes about, we believe in God. Yes. Guide my stone, Lord. <laughs> Romans 12:2. <12, 2. laughs> Okay, so we don't teach like typical churches. <laughs> <laughs> Romans twelve two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable and perfect. So besides speaking out to a situation, there is a speaking to yourself to renew your mind. To meditate on the word, to ponder it, to muse over it, to mutter it to yourself. This is not speaking out faith to set the path ahead. This is speaking it to ourselves so that the seed of the word of God can get into us and take root. Amen. This is looking at the dust. This is looking at the stars. This is getting our mind to line up with what we have in our spirit in order to believe with our heart, our whole heart, spirit, and soul. That you believe God in your spirit, you believe God in your thinking, you believe God in your emotions, and you believe God in your will. Amen. Amen. So you're not believing God and you're an emotional wreck. You are believing God emotionally, mentally in your will and as a spirit being and that's believing God with your whole heart everything's lined up together isn't that right so we can get to the point we reason we do this renewing of the mind and meditating on the word so that we can get to the point where we can speak forth the will of God into our life by the spirit of prophecy speaking it out from our heart into our life right Because the parable of the sower says there's the one that hears the word and he hears it in a soil of understanding. And that person bears fruit within and brings forth. So you bear it within first and then you can bring it forth. If you don't bear it within, you can't bring it forth. So it's got to come alive on the inside first and then come out. Second Corinthians 4.13. Hope this is helping you. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed; therefore, I spoke. We also believe, therefore, we also speak. Having the same spirit of faith. It's a spirit of faith. Remember when the spies went into Canaan and they went in for 40 days. Moses sent them in to spy out the land and they came back. There was 12 spies. And 10 of them came back with an evil report because they didn't say what God said. But two of them was Caleb and Joshua. And they said, we can go in and take the land. And the people said, well, let's just stone them and get that voice out of here and get them to shut up. And then we'll just do what we want. Well, God wasn't happy with that. And what did he say about Caleb and Joshua? They had a different spirit. What spirit did they have? A spirit of faith. And this is why we say it all the time. Faith can't be taught. It has to be caught. Faith can't be taught. It has to be caught. Because you can get all the principles of faith, all the operations of faith, how faith works, all the things about faith, and get it in your head. And it will never work until it gets in your heart, until you catch it. So, therefore, the just shall live by a spirit of faith where in their whole life they're learning to catch faith in everything. And that don't mean just the things you want. It means all the things the Word talks about that you need, you need to change, and the things He wants you to do in life. So it's not just about what you want. You know, Jesus didn't die and go to hell so you could pay your electric bill. He didn't die and go to hell so you could pay your mortgage. He didn't die and go to hell so you have some extra money for vacation. He didn't die and go to hell just so that you can have a little something of what you want. No. It goes well beyond that. If it was just for that, he paid a high price for Mm wash. Now, does that mean shouldn't your electric bill should be paid? You should have your mortgage paid. You should be able to go on vacation. You should have extra money for the things that you want. But if you're not there, you need to get there. But how are you going to get there? Well, you know, we work and Mama works. You know, the kids are starting to work. They're getting old enough. We put them to work. And if we can, we'll put the dog in a circus and he can make some money too. <laughs> I mean, you've only got so many options in the flesh. I mean, you can rob. I mean, you can do that. <laughs> you know, you can make more money that way. You can sell drugs. You can, you can do that. You know, what else can you do? There's a lot of things you can do until you can't. The Bible says God will make you wealthy and he'll add no sorrow to it. All those other things I just mentioned comes with sorrow. I know, because I've been (laughs) sorrowful. The spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. Notice what comes first, believe. A lot of people want to speak to prove they believe. You don't prove you believe by the way you speak. All you can prove is that you can say some stuff. But don't forget what God said. Prove yourself a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Prove yourself. Show me your faith without the works. I'll show you my faith by my works. God's looking at what we do. Not just what we say, because what what do we know about talk? It is what? Cheap. Cheap. It's very cheap. Everybody can afford talk. But where the rubber meets the road is what counts. And that's what God looks at. A spirit of faith. When what we meditate on comes alive in us, then we speak it. Declare it and call those things that be not. This is forth of the word of God, saying the same thing. God said when we are fully persuaded, it's a spirit of faith that releases the spirit of prophecy. Fully persuaded, fully persuaded means in my spirit, in my soul, in my mind, in my thinking, in my will, in my emotions, fully persuaded. Well, you know, I believe in God, but, you know, I'm really, I'm just hoping that this is really going to (laughs) happen. You ain't believing God. Sorry. Your words just proved it. Or you say you believe in God, but on the inside, it shows fear is just coming out of you. You're not believing God. It shows. And you could say all the right things, but it could be founded in an attitude of fear, an attitude of doubt. You don't even have to speak it. It's there. You really know it. God obviously knows it, and the devil knows it. Everybody knows it. And the only ones you're hiding it from are the ones that don't matter. We believe, therefore we speak. We believe it, therefore we speak it forth. We believe it, therefore we speak it forth. Because out of my heart, not out of my mouth, but out of my heart comes the forces of life. If my mouth is not connected to my heart, it doesn't come out with any force. Out of my heart comes the forces of life. Amen? Amen? Verse 18. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The seen is subjected to the unseen. The unseen is the word of God, the realm of the spirit, the realm of heaven. That's all the unseen. And the seen realm is subjected to the unseen realm. We look not at the seen realm. Why? Because we're holding to the profession of our faith without wavering. I'm not vacillating back and forth, seen, unseen, seen, unseen. And if you are, that's okay. Just admit it and realize you're not in faith. You're still vacillating and you're working on renewing your mind and stop trying to change things when you haven't even changed yet. You can't change anything if you haven't changed Abraham said, God changed it. He started calling himself Abraham instead of Abraham. He's changed on the inside. I'm the father of a multitude of nations. That's who I am. He changed on the inside. When he changed on the inside, things could change on the outside. The purpose of renewing your mind is to change you on the inside. because if you don't change on the inside, you can't have anything come out of you with a force. You have to change. Glory to God. And this is growth, isn't it? This is all about growth. When do I stop growing? Oh, I don't know. The just shall live by. So when does that stop? And faith comes by. And when does the word come to an end? So when does your growth stop? And people that are tired of growing, they just want to go back to their own slug itself. A growth to where we choose, I'm sorry, a growth to where we do not choose to look at the scene, but we totally overlook the scene and only see the unseen. Let me say that again. This is a growth to where we do not choose to look at the scene, but we totally overlook the scene and only see the unseen. A good example was Peter when he was in the boat in the storm. And he said to Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. Was there a storm? Was there water? Can anybody walk on water? No. So he said, if it's you, bid me come. Jesus said, "Okay, it's me, so come on. And Peter got out on the boat, got out of the boat. He did not look at the water and go, that's water. There's a storm, but I'm not going to walk by that. I'm going to walk. No, he totally disregarded the storm, totally disregarded the water, and all he could see was Jesus, and he heard Jesus say, come, and that's all he needed, and he started to go. But once he started to regard the seen realm, that's when he started to sink. Amen. If we are regarding the seen realm, and then choosing not to look at it, that's fine. Just realize you're renewing your mind. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. While we do not even regard the seen realm that is contrary to the word of faith, we look only at that, which I am holding to without wavering. Yep. This is the place of being fully persuaded. Peter was fully persuaded. You say, come, I'm coming to you. Fully persuaded until he decided to regard the seeing realm. Until we get to that place. Of being fully persuaded. We wrestle. We wrestle with the seen realm. We wrestle with contrary thoughts. The life of faith is not a hard life. The fight is to get into faith. That's the fight. And it's the fight every single time. Every time it's the fight to get into faith. You know, people want to say things like, well, I believe everything the Bible says. You don't. No, you don't, because you don't do everything the Bible says. You may agree with it. Well, I read it. I agree with that, but you don't do it. So if you're not doing it, you don't believe it. And you haven't wrestled with everything in here for you to be able to walk in it. Because it's always a wrestle. I FOUGHT THE GOOD FIGHT OF FAITH. ISN'T THAT WHAT PAUL SAID? I FINISHED MY COURSE, I FOUGHT THE FIGHT, AMEN. RENEWING THE MIND, THERE'S A FIGHT WHEN IT COMES TO RENEWING OUR MIND. HAVING TO BE DEVOTED, HAVING TO BE DEDICATED, HAVING TO DO WHAT IT TAKES TO TAKE POSSESSION OF THAT PROMISE. Not just, you know, and listen, listen, don't be fooled by people. Just because people might make more money, it doesn't mean they're believing God. There are so many different ways you can make more money. Just because people are healed, don't think that they're just believing God. They can be pumped up with all kinds of medication. Now, we might be believing step by step and walking out from where we're at, whether it be financially, whether it be in our health, whatever it might be, we can step by step and doing it by the Word of God, step by step, to walk our way out. Yep. But you can't think that just because something has happened in somebody's life, they're believing God. You can't think that just because somebody sits in church, All the time that they're walking by faith. You can't think that. In fact, when it comes to other people, just don't think anything. And just think about yourself. And you will do well. Wrestle. Wrestle. To renewing our mind. Faith will arise. And then you'd be able to speak forth the promises. The will. And the word of God. By a spirit of prophecy. Calling those things that be not. As though they were. Now you know the old example. You walk out of your house. I don't know if it's my daughter or my grandson. Has a dog named Ranger. You walk out of your house. And. Ranger's not there. So what do you do? You walk around, you go, Ranger's not here. Ranger's not here. is not here. Ranger's not here. Honey, Ranger's not here. Yeah, I'm telling you, Ranger's not here. Does anybody do that? No, what do you do? You call him. Ranger, Ranger, come home. Ranger, you need to come home now. Ranger, do you hear me? I'm calling you. Come on in. Why? Because we call those things that be not. We want Ranger here. He's not here. So we call him here. Health isn't here, but we call it here. Abundance isn't here, but we call it here. Peace isn't here, but we call it here. Wholeness isn't here, but we call it here. Soundness isn't here, but we call it here. Amen. And how do you call it? Through the word of God. The word alive in your heart. See, when you call Ranger, you know Ranger's coming home. You know he's going to come home. Do You know your healing's coming. Do you know your wealth is coming? Do you know your peace is coming? What is it that you're believing God for? What is it that you need in your life? Do you know what's coming? Yeah, yeah. How fast is it going to take to get here? Depends on where your faith is at. We call what we want. We don't call what we have. That's the spirit of faith. I call those things that be not, as though they were. I call the unseen into the seen realm. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, the unseen realm. I call him into the seen realm through the promises of the word of God. Amen. Declaring the ending from the beginning. Why? Because I've come to the place to where I'm fully persuaded and I'm speaking by the spirit of prophecy that says, I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I speak. And when I believe it, then I will speak it. And will I have to formulate it? Nope. Nope. It'll be an automatic response. When will it be an automatic response? When the crap hits the fan out there. You'll have an automatic response called faith. Not sitting in here. This is the classroom. The test is coming. The devil will come and test you to see if you really believe what you said you believed. Because he wants to steal that word from you. Because He knows if He can steal the Word from you, you don't have a chance against Him. The Word of God is the only thing in all of creation that has ever defeated Him. There's not a human being on the face of the earth that's ever defeated Him. The Word made flesh, defeated death, hell, and the grave. And only the Word can defeat Him. And if you don't hold on to the Word, He'll defeat you. But the Word of God is your victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Because greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Say it with me. I believe it. And I will speak it. Until I believe it. Until I believe it. I will renew my mind. I will get it in my thinking. get it in my emotions, get it in my my will, will. alive in my heart heart. and out of my heart, heart. attached to my mouth, mouth. I will speak forth the forces of life life. and it will lead me and it will will direct me to a place of peace and a place of prosperity because because I will do that which I've declared that I believe without wavering, without hesitation. It'll just be alive on the inside of me at the time that I need it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Praise the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, God, God in his great wisdom. You know, he could have said, listen, if you get saved, you'll be on your way to heaven. But between then and when you get there, I hope you make it. He could have said that. But he's given us everything we need that pertains to life. Everything we need so that we can be overcomers in this world. Everything that we need so we can live as more than conquerors in this life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you. We honor you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Oh, thank you for your great wisdom, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have qualified us to be children of the Most High God. And that as a child of the Most High God, in the firstborn of the Lord Jesus Christ, all of that inheritance that he had obtained belongs to us also. Because we're in him and he's in us. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful mystery of the church that was never, ever known until you revealed it when Jesus rose from the dead. Father, I thank you that we can go forth in your might and in your power, doing the things you have us to do, being the people you have us to be, accomplishing the things you want us to accomplish and fulfill your plan and your purpose upon this earth. Father, I thank you that you're more than enough with your word, yes. with your spirit, yes. with your life, with your nature, your character, all on the inside of us, that as long as we are walking your way, our victory is guaranteed. Yes. Amen. Father, we thank you for that. We bless you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to come and sow our seed before you. Father, we worship you and we honor you with our giving because you are so worthy, Father, of it all. Thank you that you have put seed within our hand and give us the opportunity to come before you to sow the seed. And then you went and attached promise to it, that as we do sow our seed, you said there's one that gives and yet increases all the more. You said you're the one that supplies seed to us to sow and you will multiply back to us seed for sowing and increase the harvest that comes from this righteous act of giving. Father, we thank you for it. We bless you and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you joined us on live stream or podcast, thanks so much for being with us tonight. It's always an honor to share the Word of God with you. And I do pray that the Word of God has touched you, brought increase into your thinking, into your believing, and moved you up into a higher place with God as you come up to His higher way of thinking. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website at newlifefamilyworship.net. Click on the giving link. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. And if there's anything at all that we can pray with you about, please let us know. It is always an honor to stand before the throne of God with our partners for your greatest needs to be met. Amen. Amen.